0: Welcome to episode 46 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business.
1: We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be talking about joint pain management, HRV readings for strength training, and conflicting information about how often to work out. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show.
0: What's up, Achievers? Episode 46. Hope all of you had a wonderful mother's day it was lauren's first mother to be day
1: <laughs> yeah it wasn't exactly mother's day well it was mother's day i yeah. didn't exactly celebrate mother's day but it was kind of like a glimpse into the future
0: you got you got a lot of uh messages about it though which is yeah nice. it was yeah. very
1: nice my um my aunt so we went to my mom's my parents house for mother's day um and my aunt and uncle and my grandparents came and my aunt said, gave me a gift. And I was like, why did you like, you didn't have to give me a gift. She's like, well, it's not really a mother's day gift. And I got it two years ago. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And then I unwrap it and it's a Hanukkah bib. Like, it has menorahs and Jewish stars on it. And I was like, you got this two years ago? And she was like, even better, I got it at a Catholic church. (laughs) I was like, what? So she's been holding on to it for two years, anticipating that I'll probably get pregnant at some point. (laughs) Um, So that was pretty funny. Pretty funny. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but Mother's Day was lovely, and it was fun to be around my mom. I got her a card that said... All the best moms get promoted to grandma. She likes that a lot. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, Saturday we had a wedding. Um, it was with uh, one of my best friends from uh, college, and um, yeah, it was one just a really, no, no, <laughs> um, no, it was a
1: really good time.
0: My best friends too. No, he's my best friend. No, it was really good time. It was it was essentially a college reunion. I mean, people that we hadn't seen for a little while, people that had moved away to different places, and uh, it was just fun to have everyone back in the same place and back in uh, massachusetts
1: yeah so fun yep. my first sober wedding which was oh yeah you're totally an sober. interesting experience <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. the only sober person amidst a sea of um you know people that are feeling good
1: yeah <laughs> i was feeling good still luckily i'm pretty outgoing so i don't need alcohol to like loosen me up True, I yeah. right on the dance floor with everyone else it was toward the end of the night when everyone was kind of falling apart that yeah. i realized that i was actually really glad that i was sober i was like oh man is this what i'm like good when I'm designated
0: good? driver
1: <laughs> yeah
0: perfect yeah it so was
1: Um, All right. So we have three questions today and these all came from last week. I remember um, last episode saying we couldn't even cover all the good questions that we got in um, last week. So we have some great ones still for you. Um, So this first one is going to be about joint pain. So it's from, uh, I love her handle, it's cookies and cucumbers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she asked, podcast question, please cover joint pain management, specifically diet and or supplements. Is glucosamine really a thing or just a fad? Um, So we can start off with talking about glucosamine since that's something that she brought up. So glucosamine is actually something that is naturally like found in your cartilage. It's a component of your cartilage. So it's, um, it's not, like, bad for you necessarily. It's a natural product. Um, there's been conflicting research, though, on whether it is effective or not. So I was reading a little bit of research um, from a site that was referring specifically to osteoarthritis, saying it didn't really help most patients with who had osteoarthritis. Um, but that's a degenerative joint disease, whereas... Glucosamine has been shown to help people who might be experiencing some joint discomfort that's temporary, that isn't necessarily necessarily arthritic, but just kind of like for whatever reason, something got inflamed and a little bit of glucosamine can actually help. So it's one of those things where it's not necessarily dangerous to try it. Um, it's it's nat- it's a natural supplement. So trying it and seeing what happens is there's no risk in that. Um, but we're not going to say that 100% of the time. You'll feel better by just taking glucosamine.
0: Yeah, um, I would say a much more, um, a much better supplement that's a l- more researched along this regard is a uh, fish oil. So fish oil is going to be a natural joint lubricant, and it's also, um, I mean, we recommend it for everyone actually. F- yeah. In terms of it, just helps improve like your heart health, your it helps improve your skin, your hair. Just like a just a good thing to take yeah, overall. So
1: many benefits outside of just easing joint pain but that's also one of the great benefits of it
0: um but yeah uh, in terms of supplementation fish oil would definitely have a positive correlation in terms of um in terms of managing joint pain and you know for us uh, supplementation can definitely help but you don't want to rely on it as a way to like treat basically Mm -hmm. you know in terms of If something is causing you pain and you're taking a supplement to get rid of the pain, it's kind of like a band-aid to the situation. You want to think about how can I minimize whatever is causing the pain in the first place? Um, So what we're always looking at is how can we adjust someone's um, maybe posture while exercising? Uh, Maybe they're squatting with their knees way forward and that's why their knees are constantly aching. And maybe we can adjust their squat style to... um, better take pressure off of the knees or maybe they're a um, they're a gardener and they squat all the time they're really down low um, while taking care of their plants and vegetables and things (laughs) like that and something that might help is um, you know better footwear a better stance or better ankle mobility things like that instead of thinking about what can I take at the very end to try to symptom treat Um, and then I think the final piece to all this is definitely just getting checked out by a PT or a chiropractor to make sure that um, you can really figure out what the root cause of the issue is rather than trying to put a cream on it or ingesting something to try to manage the pain, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So we would say number one supplement, if you're going to take a supplement, would be fish oil and number one um, movement Peak component is to have somebody evaluate maybe the exercises that are causing you some joint pain um and have get some eyes on you have a coach look at it and see like am i doing something that is putting my knee in a vulnerable position or putting mm-hmm. my shoulder in a vulnerable position and then adjusting that accordingly um those two things combined should definitely kind of take care of things um if they don't then like jason said definitely go get checked out by a medical professional
0: yeah cool all right
1: awesome so that was question number one question number two this one comes from Doug LM01, and she asks I know that's Michelle's. <laughs> she asks, Do you feel HRV readings are helpful for strength training, or are they more beneficial for endurance athletes? I take mine every day because of my travel schedule, and sometimes I think it's dead on when it tells me it's a good idea to do active recovery rather than train, and other times it leaves me scratching my head. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, HRV. Um So for those of you who don't know, HRV um, stands for heart rate variability. And um, there is a um, sort of a a thinking that um, when your heart beats, there's a very just regular heartbeat, almost like a metronome. But in reality, there's there's actually quite a lot of um, irregularity and variability within each heartbeat itself. And so I guess researchers have found that the more variable the heartbeat is from the next heartbeat the more that you are in more of a rest and digest parasympathetic state where your body is in more of a recovered state, the more actual like standardized beat it has, the more of a sympathetic state you are in. Um, So like a fight or flight where you're kind of a little bit more on a stress state. And so based on those two, um, two markers, the data can kind of tell you that Hey, you're in a good good place to train today. You should really get after it. Or, hey, you're not really in a good place to train today. Your body is a little bit under recovered and it's feeling a little bit stressed out. So maybe you should back off and do an active recovery day. Um, you know, I think this could help if you are maybe managing a very um, elite sports team that is training like very aggressively day in and day out. Um, and you, you want to try to manage the stress and really try to keep ahead of it. Um, As for just normal people working out, I think it might be just a little bit too much. I think um, data can be helpful to just kind of notice trends and understand kind of what's going on at a very just macro level. Um, But for us, what we try to do is just have people just become very mindful and in tune with themselves and their own kind of like body cues. So if you're going through a workout and you know you start to um, – you don't feel that great, um, then we just tell them, hey, let's back the sets off. Hey, let's back the weight off. And then, you know, go at it again the hard the next day. But if you let data kind of dictate that and the data could be off, the reading could be off somehow, um, then it's just kind of like there's a little like – I think that it kind, of, it kind of like bypasses your natural like ability to read where you're at. And I think that's really important just to really hone in on.
1: Yeah, it's almost like – the way I think about nutrition, too, is like when you're so focused on um, like weighing your food and all this like data driven, uh, this like data driven approach to nutrition, sometimes it can actually take away from your ability to feel what's going on in your body and like feel your hunger cues and feel your fullness cues and all those yeah. things. And it it can be similar, I think, with heart rate training is that you're you might rely so much on it that you forget to actually ask yourself, like, how am I feeling today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I yeah. think that's a really important skill to be able to have. Um, I do think that it, if it's something, if you're somebody who loves data, it probably would be super interesting to you. And we wouldn't say not to do it, not to try it out, because you may find that, that it actually does help you. Especially, I think it could help people who... Tend to be a little more Type A, and who tend to go no matter what they're feeling. Yeah, because there definitely are those people who like no matter whether they got two hours of sleep or eight, and whether they just like had to fire a bunch of people at work or they had a great day, like they're going to come in and train hard no matter what. Um, And even sometimes there's the people, and I used to be one of these those people who the worst kind of a day you had, the harder you try to train. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Those kind of people probably could benefit from this type of day because you actually have something to tell you to slow down. Yeah, And there are people who might need that. So I think I agree with you for the most part, Jason, that like, I think 90% of general population people should be just fine going through a checklist for themselves of how am I feeling? How did I sleep? How's my stress level? How's my energy? And let's take all that into account and figure out how to approach this workout. But there are those people who will just not stop, and will will push themselves to the limit, and they might actually really benefit from that data.
0: Yeah, totally. And, like, you know, there are days where I will go into the gym, and I just feel just really lethargic, not feeling good, and then I go through a warm-up, and then I go through my, um, like, power development exercises, and then I start warming up my weights, and I'm like, actually, I feel pretty good. Yeah. And then somehow everything clicks, and, like, I've PR, PR'd in this sort of state before, and, you know, I would hate for just a random objective number to dictate your training um, and kind of override your natural kind of instinct on how to, you know, navigate this whole process. Cause we're not, we're not machines, right? So we're not just going to put, we don't just like put out numbers and then like be like, okay, I can train (laughs) today, you know, that sort of thing. We're, We're so much more complex than that. So, you know, I always think to understand your cues first and then use the data to sort of, sort of, see, you know, decent trends and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah.
1: Cool. Cool. So really, I, and also the, the question of, does it matter if you're doing it for strength training or endurance training? Oh. Do you have an opinion on that?
0: Um, you know, I don't, I don't know enough about it to actually tell the difference between the two. Um, so, no, I don't. Sorry. Yeah, That's
1: okay. Yeah, I don't either. I was going to say the same thing. So, um, but I do know that people use it for both. So, if you're using it, I think it's really just supposed to be a marker of, like,
0: oh, yeah, overall, can you, readiness. overall
1: are you ready to go train in some fashion? Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. So, we are going to move on to our third question of the day. This is a little bit of a long one, but it's a good question. So, I'm going to read the whole thing. This is from Indigenous Rebel. And he said... I have a a possible podcast question. First of all, you guys rock. Thank you. Um, (laughs) My question is, I like to browse various fitness Instagram accounts looking for new ideas on workouts and movements, which is actually how I found you guys. Um, So I'm browsing. Then I see these various Instagram posts on how often you should be working certain muscles for good gains. Then I see other posts for rotation of workout types. For example... There are posts that show established workouts depending on how often you work out in a week. The better workouts should be Monday arms, Tuesday legs, Wednesday core cardio, Thursday shoulders, etc. Always single areas are emphasized in the workouts. Then, on the other hand, you see posts about arm workouts, and to eventually see results, I should be hitting arms at least three times a week, and the same goes with any other areas, arms, legs, abs, etc. A lot of conflicting information can definitely make one confused, and more importantly, unhopeful, if that's a word, (laughs) to fitness goals. Um, so my question is how often should a person be working those areas in a week? My workouts are basically upper body and move next day to lower body and each day two to three movements of back and core mixed in four to 10, four to five times a week workouts. If you can answer, that'd be great. If not, no biggie. You guys keep up the good work. Um, okay. So there's a lot there. So I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm <laughs> going to like summarize that a little bit. What he's basically saying, and this is so true is that different accounts on Instagram and just different coaches and different places that you'll hear fitness advice are giving a lot of different uh, methodologies for how to spread out your workouts within a week. And it becomes very confusing. And there's a reason, (laughs) there's a reason that that happens. And it's because different coaches work with different populations and different populations have different needs. And I think that's why it gets so confusing is if a coach is coming from a background of training bodybuilders where they need to train 6-7 days a week every single day for 2 to 3 hours a day because that's what it takes to compete in their sport they're going to tell you to work one muscle group at a time because they have that time to put mm-hmm. into the gym yep. that's part of their lifestyle they're they're committed to this lifestyle of being in the gym every day for many hours a day Um, if you are talking to a coach of athletes where they have to focus mostly on their sport, so they only get to train them in the gym two to three times a week, they're going to be coming from a much different place of optimizing the type of workout that you can get in within the one hour that they have with them, one, two, three hours that they have with them a week. So they're going to recommend putting together a whole total body workout into one workout. Right. Yeah. So there's such a variety of information out there because people are actually talking to so many different types of people.
0: Yeah, that's totally right. And so for us, I mean, our primary influences have been strength coaches as well as physical therapists. And so what we've come to realize based on learning from these people is that you can achieve the aesthetic that you desire while also being able to move better, function better in everyday life, and be more athletic. And so we've kind of naturally gravitated towards these influences. Um, if you're looking at it from a pure aesthetic standpoint, um, both of these approaches will actually work out just fine. Yeah. Um, but we just think that you, you might as well be more efficient with your movement and just enhance your overall life in general in terms of a functionality standpoint. Um, Not just purely an aesthetic standpoint, right?
1: Yeah. And the aesthetic... I mean, so I guess the aesthetic goal you're talking about is just kind of a general, like, fit... Look right, but if you are a bodybuilder, like you're going for specific muscles popping specifically on a specific day on stage, (laughs) dehydrated. Like there's so many components to that, so that's why that becomes more specialized. Yeah. Whereas, like they they need to see your Terry's minor, which like (laughs) nobody else knows where that even is, right? But like they have to work every single little muscle, so very specifically. Um, bodybuilders do need to do that stuff, but what I think what happened and what became a little bit of an issue is that bodybuilding programs tried to go mainstream or people tried to make bodybuilding programs, mainstream programs. And for people who aren't bodybuilders, they're just trying to look fit, um, but trying to adapt the lifestyle of a bodybuilder. And that just isn't really realistic for people who have jobs and kids and real lives. Right.
0: So you basically need a reverse engineer, how much time that you actually have to devote to training like when you're first initially motivated to actually you know get onto a fitness journey and hit the gym and stuff like that you're like okay I can do anything and make anything work but you just really have to realistically figure out what can what am I positive that I can maintain for the long term and for the vast majority of people that's one two maybe three times a week it's not really more than that and so if you only if you have three times a week to work out then you really have to maximize the efficiency of the workout. Because if you do arms one day, legs one day, and then upper body the other day, it's just not enough stimulus for your body to actually adapt. What you need to think about doing is actually having three total body workouts. And each one of those days, you focus on compound movements that target as many muscle groups as possible and improve strength in each one of those movements. And that really gives your body just the stimulus to actually um, make adaptations but if you have four five six times um, a day uh, six times a week to work out <laughs> then you need to split it up because you can't just have six total body days you'll just run yourself into the ground that's when other workouts like upper lower workouts might come into play where you upper one, upper body one day lower body the next rest then go again upper lower that sort of fashion um, if you have six, six days a week to work out, then you would have to actually break it down into more body parts just so you can actually get uh, recovery benefit from it, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So that – it's, like, frustrating. I can see how it's so frustrating that there's so much different information out there. Yeah. But also it's necessary because there are pe- so many different people with so many different lifestyles and different, like, abilities and and different goals. And so – It it isn't, there isn't a right answer, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, which is so frustrating. It's like, actually, I feel like 99% of our answers on this podcast are it depends, (laughs) (laughs) which is the most annoying answer, but most things in life just depend on your situation. And that really is the case here is it depends on your situation. And you should really take the time to like Jason was saying, like, really ask yourself, what is realistic? Don't try to because somebody else is doing something and they're being successful, don't try to modify what you're doing or what you're able to do to be like them. Because you, it won't last. You won't be able to maintain somebody else's lifestyle mm-hmm. when when that's not your lifestyle. Like you have to. Obviously, we all have to make a couple sacrifices here and there to get to the gym and to make sure that we are making sure our health is a priority. Um, but. If you're going from zero workouts to okay, I want to start on a fitness routine, um, and I read that the best way to do it is body part splits six days a week. That's going to be a huge jump, and you're probably totally. not going to be able to maintain it because your body's going to be like, "What the heck? Like, we're <laughs> not used to this." Yeah. Um,
0: as you know, yeah. as far as my sort of my natural progression went in high school and college, I worked out five, six times a week, and I did pure bodybuilding splits, and I just didn't really know understand how to train movement better that way. But that was kind of just like the way I got into it. So that's what I did. Once I became a coach and a gym owner, um, contrary to popular belief, um, you know, we actually don't work out every single day. It becomes much more difficult to actually go in and work out when you're working out at the place you work. (laughs) So, um, I ended up doing more like two to three total body days a week. And then now we're at a point where I can come in pretty consistently four days a week unless we're traveling for work or whatever it might be. Now I'm doing an upper upper lower split four days a week. So it really it, – it more depends on your schedule and how consistent you can keep that schedule. Uh, that should dictate it, not just – whatever Instagram page that you happen to be looking at that day, <laughs>
1: right? Exactly. So hopefully that clears some things up and makes it a little bit less confusing, but also you are going to continue to hear that conflicting information. So always remember that what works best for someone else may not be what works best for you. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: And actually just, just to sum up one more time, one to three workouts a week, do total body four to five, do upper lower splits, five, six, seven days, body part splits. That's the most blanket recommendation we could probably give in yeah. this regard yeah yeah,
1: exactly cool alright so that is all we have for you today we hope that we answered your burning questions as best we could and can you do
0: burning questions at the closing no
1: I can't oh <laughs> I just can't <laughs> I've allowed I've allowed you to continue doing it <laughs> against my greater wishes um I mean it just sounds so weird answered all your burning questions <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it <laughs> all right well, let me just let me just do my closing. all right I all let right. you do I your want, opening to, oh, yeah let I me do my closing we hope we answered all of your burning Burn questions. <laughs> um, if you could send us any more questions that you might have at achieve fitness, Boston on Instagram, or you can email us at a chief uh, podcast at a And we would also really, really love if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review on iTunes. That would be awesome. We love to hear um, feedback and hear what we could do better. And also what you like about the podcast. So that about wraps it up. Until next time, peace, love, and and muscles.
0: muscles.